0: The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. Shall we pray together? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, our strength and our salvation, our hope and our healer. Amen. To our graduates, congratulations. Today we celebrate those who have graduated from college and high school officially, but we recognize that there are other graduates from kindergarten from elementary and middle school, and sometimes from the school of hard knocks. Amen? And as we recognize our graduates, we know that some graduate in a special family, the Lottie family. There's the magna cum laude, the summa cum laude, and the cum Lotties. I was part of a different family, the thank you Lottie's. Only way I got through. And, and, and there are rules for life as graduates. Things that, 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 that are a map, if you will, that show us the way to go. If, if you happen when, when, when you were out and a professional to be a part of Rotary Club, at the end of every Rotary Club meeting, the group is supposed to say something like this. Of the things we think, say, and do, First, is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendship? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? If, 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 if as you find your way in this great big world, you happen to be a part, continue to be a part of a United Methodist congregation, you will be a part of the rule of life called PPGSW. What in the world is that? Prayers, presents, gifts, service, and... Witness, just checking, they added that in 2008. I wanted to be sure everybody was on that same page. Witness, we remember. I love rules so much that on my phone, in the notes part, I have a note simply called Rules. Rules. And when I come across great rules, I collect them. <laughs> Don't ever ask me to pull that out and look at it to make sure I'm also following them, in fact. <laughs> I just collect them. <laughs> love God, love neighbor, and love self. There, there, there are some rules of three that, that, that I'm... I'm particularly fond of and, and taken with and consumed by. John Wesley's do no harm, do all possible good, follow God's rules. See the previous three. Today, to oh wait, here's one. In giving something to God, that is in naming a prayer request before God, we must stop the instant replay and the compulsive pre-play. That one hit me on January 2nd this year. I was thinking about things for which I need to pray, situations in life, and God whispered, stop the instant replay, what's done is done and stop the compulsive pre-play, what goes on in your mind, because what will happen will happen. No matter how many times you try to run through it, you can't control it. That one I actually do try to follow. I'm not any good at it, but I try. So in today's reading, Jesus gives us a new rule. He says to the disciples and to us, a new commandment I give you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should also love one another. By this you will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I, re- I remember in English literature class, if, if a word is used more than once in a short period of time, it, it's significant. If it's used four times in, in just Three or four sentences, we better pay attention. In this very short passage of two verses, Jesus uses the word love four times. Then he repeats all of this in John 15, just a couple chapters later, when he says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, but to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if I do what I command you. Love is used three times. Command is used two times. Laying down one's life is used one time. This is the rule by which we are called to live, and that causes all other rules to pale in comparison. And if we learn to follow this single rule, if I learn to follow this single rule, to love as Christ loves, then I don't need that whole collection of rules I have on my phone. Just don't need them. They're extra. I can follow them if I want to, but if I'm following the rule that causes me to love as Christ loves, then I don't need the rest of them. And and here's the thing. Here's what is singularly unique about Christ's love that is beyond any other love we might know, name, or experience. That Christ's love alone provides the possibility of, the provision for, and the expectation of transformative growth. Christ's love provides the possibility of the provision for and the expectation of transformative growth. C.S. Lewis in in, in The Problem of Pain names it this way, that, that God's intolerable compliment is that God intends not to leave us as we are. God intends to create in each of us a masterpiece work of art that is not likely fulfilled and complete until our lives on this earth are in fact fulfilled and complete and that means that that if if God were a painter God we would be continually touching up and refashioning and reshaping the canvas that is our lives If God were a sculptor, God would never put down hammer and chisel were we made of stone. In the first letter of John, it sounds like this. The possibility of transformation, beginning in chapter 4, verse 7, beloved, that, that's us. And remember that we are, in fact, the beloved. We'll come back to that. Let, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. There are, are people in our city who do not know love. There are people in our neighborhoods, who do not know love. I don't just mean they don't know God's love, they don't know love. There are people in our classrooms, classmates of ours, who have not ever known love. The possibility. Of transformative growth is upon us to bear witness and introduce people to love. John continued, God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us first and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. There is the provision for transformative growth. When Christ was upon the cross and He said it is finished, it means that all debt in all the world, among all people, in relationship is settled and complete. And we are therefore free to relate with one another as the beloved and those who love because they are beloved. The expectation in verse 11, Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. For no one has ever seen God if we love one another, God lives in us, and His love is perfected in us. This is why, as Wesleyans, we talked about being perfected in love. That this love of God resides in us so completely that it consumes every thought, every word, and every action. So how do we, how do we get there? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a tall order to lay upon graduates today, isn't it? <laughs> Whether it's from kindergarten or, or graduate school or just hard knocks or high school. We get there first by understanding the word love in the New Testament. Several different words used, the two, the two of which we, we most readily use And is most readily used for love among people are agape, or God's perfect love, and and filio, from which we have Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, sisterly love. The singular difference between filio and agape is that filio is used as love because of friendship. we might say to one another on our way out of church, I love you. I love you too because we're associated together as participants, as followers of Jesus in this congregation. Agape is love for the quality of lovableness in that which is loved. Agape is a pure love for the sake of loving the beloved. And agape is what is used in the New Testament when we are commanded to love, not filio. So when Christ says, Love one another as I have loved you, he uses the word agape. When John writes to the church and says, Beloved, it's a form of the word agape. We are loved by God simply because we are God's creatures and God believes that we are lovable. And there's not a single person on God's green earth that we can encounter who God does not name as lovable. Every person that draws breath in God's eyes is the Beloved. So how do we How do we do that? How do we get a hold of that? How do we make that into a rule that we can follow? And and graduates, I have to confess I I haven't figured that one out yet. I'm still studying. I'm still—I mean, you you have just completed an intense portion of your life of learning and growing and becoming. And you may have more of those planned in front of you. Hang on to those and hang on to the ideals that drive you to learn for your whole life long. In the context of Holy Communion, it's not something that we do necessarily, but it's something that happens to us as we participate in this sacred meal for it is this sacred meal that Christ instituted at supper before He gave the new commandment. And as Wesleyans, we name in this meal that we celebrate the real presence of Christ. Christ is in the bread and the cup. Christ is in the liturgy duly administrated. Christ is in the gathered body that dares come to this table And proclaim Christ's love. So what happens? Do bread and juice become body and blood? That alone? No. Do people gathered become the body of Christ redeemed by the blood? That alone? No. All of that together and even more that we regard with such reverence, we call it sacred mystery. And why? So that we might love this city with the heart of Christ. You see, when when we encounter in an individual transformation, or when we encounter in a gathered people transformation of character, it's not because of any one person, but it is the love of Christ alone that brings about such transformation. And so when we see in a gathered body a change in the way we do things, a new avenue of life to pursue, new possibilities because we have graduated and are called to go on in our work and our life, it is the love of Christ alone that leads us That fills us to empower us, that equips us, that transforms us. And our call is to live in that strength of God's love, relinquishing all the instant replays, stopping all of the situational preplays and receiving the grace and the gift of God's provision for our lives. A new command Christ gives us to love for the sake and the beauty and the inherent worth of the beloved. That's our new rule. Amen.